For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, everybody. Hello, this is Lori Schwartz, your Tech Cat, coming to you with tech trends impacting your business. And today we are literally going to have our heads in the cloud because we are speaking to Jason Mendenhall, who I'm calling the cloud guru. And Jason is actually executive vice president of cloud, which is, by the way, one of my favorite titles ever, at the SuperNAP, which is a data center, which is you know, providing co-location, connectivity, cloud services, and all sorts of content ecosystems for Fortune 500 businesses. And Jason's going to really explain to us what the SuperNAP is, because before I met Jason and learned all about SuperNAP, I was like, the cloud is Amazon or some other folks, and I don't know what happens there. But then I found out that it's really all about the SuperNAP. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the cloud, Mr. Jason Mendenhall. All right. There's our crowd coming in. There we go. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for that introduction. I appreciate it. Well, tell us tell us about uh, yourself and, and, and about the SuperNAP because it, it's really fascinating and it's like a whole world. We're all constantly hearing about big data, data storage, what does it mean, the cloud, all of these buzz, buzzwords, but I think you can really help us land the plane about what this all really means. I hope so. I, I don't know that you've, you've set expectations pretty high. And you put that <laughs> guru at the end of my name, which I would never qualify myself in any such category. The only thing I'm a guru of is handing out money to my children when they need to go places, it seems right now. Oh, I should, should definitely hang out with you more. But uh. yeah. I have the best job on the planet, and um, I work at one of the greatest companies on the planet. We, we've, we've managed to build the world's best data center and technology ecosystem here in Las Vegas. And, it, and as you mentioned, it's home to Fortune 500, to, cl- to cloud providers, to technology companies, to, to you name it. And, and the reason for that is because our CEO and founder, who is really, his name's Rob Roy, and he was an inventor and a solutionist, and he, he headed down the path to solve the problems it takes to deliver technology to the world. Because at the end of the day, like we, we as people, we consume applications that are written on operating systems that travel over a network, that land on servers and storage that sit somewhere. And we, you know, we will call it cloud. We can call it mobile. You can call it mainframe. You can call it old tech, new tech, whatever you want to call it. It's still always just that. And what Rob sought to do was was create a new way in which the where, the location of the servers and storage got delivered, and the way it got connected to the outside world because he recognized. That if we didn't solve the where problem, our capability to do it in the future was going to be severely limited. And, and I spend my time in, in that environment, and hopefully we'll get to talk a lot about how that plays out today and, and, and why that data center becomes so important. And in my role, 
I work with all the technologies that sit in the data center, whether they're cloud technologies or just enterprise technologies or all the things that run the business, how they use it, how they leverage it, and most importantly, how they might integrate with cloud technologies to deliver some service or some platform or some technology out to their end users. And so it's a, it's a really interesting environment. And our clients range from you know, some of the most sophisticated Fortune 100 powerhouses to some of the smallest companies that you can imagine that, uh, that, that leverage this ecosystem we've built to deliver their services to the outside world. So what I was the most surprised about, so I got to go on a tour of your facility. And first of all, to me, it felt like a Star Trek episode because everything was like primary colors and guards came at the door to walk us through. And then as we walked through, there were, you know, battery power chargers in different colors. And it was just very complex and involved but at the same time i remember people saying okay now you're walking by paypal now you're walking by you know this company and that company and literally like every major brand in the world has their servers in your world correct i mean it's it's the craziest thing and and it's and when people walk through it sometimes if they come by for a visit and we have you know we we provide tours to groups of people that where it's relevant for, and then we also have some where the general public in the, in the local community can. And they're kind of set set aside just so they can get a feel for what's coming. One of the most common things we hear people say is, when they left, they go, "I, I think I just saw the internet," <laughs> <laughs> and and you know to a certain extent it is not not because it's all the, it, it's the place where all of this stuff that makes it all run, and it is the who's who of out there. You know, I, I, run, I have uh, friends that will ask me, well, who do you bank with? And I tell them. And they go, who do you use for cloud storage? And I tell them. And who, where do you put your photos? And I tell them. And then, and then you know, and they'll go down this list of questions. What kind of, where do, you, where do you get your, you know, online TV from? And I tell them. And they go, why do you choose them? And I say, because I know exactly where they are. And without doing a lot of promotions for our customers, though, without naming them all. Yeah. Those, those are the folks. That I, I, I choose them because they're in our facility, which is the world's best data center hands down and and we hear that from our clients all the time and so it and, and the reason why it is is not just because of the facility and the things that you mentioned most importantly because when when we've built to the scale that we've built here in Las Vegas you're talking about just in Las Vegas we'll build to 2.3 million square feet of data center space in a single campus Got it. it makes it the largest in the world when you put all those companies together all of a sudden innovation starts to occur. People collaborate differently. They work together differently because the connections, the connections that make it difficult for technologies to work together, together are suddenly eliminated in our environment. And it becomes a very powerful tool set for our customers to use. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So in that sense, you have companies that would never do business together because their business verticals just don't intertwine. But literally their servers are sitting next to each other. And so they end up doing business together or coming together. And how does that actually happen? I mean, is it because they're sitting together or do you have meetings or how, do, how does this kind of what? all happen? That's what my team does. So our um, uh, and one of that's why my job is so fun. I'm like the eHarmony of the data. Center. <laughs> so like uh, my my job, you know, I, I I actually spend a lot of time with the technology companies, the Dells, the EMCs, the you know all those groups, the you name it's of the world, um, and then also the cloud providers like uh, the Joyants of the world and HP and Amazon and 
you know, uh, ProfitBricks and VMware and, and uh, Secure24, you know, technology providers that, that deliver services. We spend a lot of time with them understanding where they're going, what they're doing, why they're doing it, where technology is going in the future so that we have that map. And then our, the customers, the enterprises, the PayPals of the world, the Ebays, the, the um, you know, the uh, pick, your, pick your enterprise without getting into a bunch of customer names. Yeah. Um, they come to us and they say, hey, we're, we're thinking about doing this. How, how, do we, how do we do that? And so, you know, to, to use the eHarmony phrase, we match them up with their 23 personality traits with the service <laughs> provider technologies that maybe ought to make sense for them. And then we bring them together and we see things differently because we're looking at that whole ecosystem. Sometimes we bring people together who wouldn't normally come together. And it's helping companies push their and, and deliver the services they never thought possible, particularly around cloud, you know, and, and a, a more agile IT environment to run their business. And then also around analytics and the Internet of Everything and cybersecurity. Like these are areas where we spend a lot of time helping our companies, helping our customers map out how they might take advantage of the latest and greatest technologies. And they may never know that there's something that they're looking for that's right across the aisle from them. And uh, we help them make that connection. And it, it's sort of sanctuary. So just, uh, for instance, like you have a Disney, and then you have an MGM, and then you have an Intuit, and you have Ask.com, and all these other companies, and iStream, and all these companies that, um, you know, know of each other, but li- literally are not going after the same pieces of business. And so they're learning from each other in this environment because your environment is, you know, where all this information kind of plays out. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, uh, and not only are they not, not necessarily competitive in where this information plays out, but in many times they're helping each other um, maybe solve problems that the one, another person might be experiencing that another one can have, and, and we help them connect in those areas as well. So, and it's not, is it the same thing as like an Airbnb where, you know, I'm just renting space or are you actually like setting the cloud up for them? Uh, well, it's a combination of the two. It's, it's both. It's hard to say, you know, uh, my, I'm not going to go out. In other words, the, one of the benefits of our environment and, and at the core level, what they, they call what we do, co-location, meaning that it's, it's companies co-locating their own stuff and their own infrastructure in their area. But we end up in many cases kind of acting as advisors and helping them figure out how to leverage best practices in order to deliver that and to deliver those services. And it really is a huge facility. I mean, it was like, I I think I remember you guys saying it was like six football fields long or even longer now. Is that correct? Well, it's multiple facilities. So on our campus here in Las Vegas right now, we have three facilities that are live. The master plan, like if you go to our website, www.supernap.com, so there's my plug, right? You go to (laughs) www.supernap.com, and you go to data centers, and you look at locations, you'll see the master plan for the site in Las Vegas and how multiple facilities are going to come together. And our main facility uh, on on the site, it is 11 football fields, actually, in size. Oh, my gosh. And, um, And then we're building four more facilities of that size here. Or similar, right? They, they, they all have small variations. When you look at the list, they all vary a little bit, just because of land and property, and you know all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, and but at the end, just here in Las Vegas alone, we'll be at two point three million square feet of data center space. Oh my and god, that it's insane! It's insane. And and here's what's awesome: we've just recently announced our expansion in Reno, which is you know five hundred some odd miles away, but still in the state of Nevada. We'll be building fiber that connects Las Vegas to Reno. 
that campus, the master plan for that campus will take us to 6.4 million square feet of data center space. In fact, the first facility we open will be 1.2 million square foot single facility. Well, that, it's just it's insane, and that's because the um, the data needs in our world are growing daily, right? And that's why your centers are growing. Not just the data needs; it's the compute need to to support the data, right? It isn't just the data element. There is a there's a you know having data is one thing, um, and and I don't know. I mean, there's probably an analogy here, and I I don't know if I have the right one or if it if it'll if if even the right one will come to me as we're talking about this. But data is one thing. But in order to make sense of the data, you have to have compute attached to the data to analyze that data. Just having data in and of itself is almost useless. And, yeah, that's and, a great point. And so when you think about it, those, the two things go together. So t- sometimes when we think of data center, we think of just the data. Right? We, we go, oh, it's just the data, but it's not. It's the whole infrastructure. It's networking. It's compute. It's storage. It's all of those things coming together. I'll, I'll give you a great example, and we'll, we'll use Shutterfly. Shutterfly has a huge image repository, as you can imagine. A lot of those are my my photos, by the way. (laughs) I've seen them. No, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm capturing (laughs) every single second of my daughter's life because in her generation, that's what you can do. Yeah, Yeah, all those things are going up. And then then we, and even my kids now, uh, my kids are starting to go, I want those things printed. Can I have the photo, Dad? They're they're going back to analog. Well, Jason, before you jump really deeply into this, because I do want to translate what you're saying into how this impacts businesses and lives. And so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll get into like how this data is impacting everyday life, like what the function of it is, and more on Shutterfly, and also the role that you're playing in Las Vegas, which I think is really fascinating. So we'll be back in a moment with more from the cloud guru, Mr. Jason Mendelhall and the Tech Cat talking about data and, and its role in our life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, everybody, and we're back now with the fantastic Jason Mendenhall, the cloud guru, and we were just getting into really taking this idea of the cloud and SuperNAP, which is where Jason is is head of cloud, um, and translating into how it impacts our lives. And Jason, you were telling us about uh, Shutterfly, which is a great example, because certainly myself and most of all the moms I know, and working moms especially, have become like crazy digital freaks about managing all these photos and documents documenting every second of our kid's life. Well, I can't even find an analog print of my childhood, by the way. But um, <laughs> what, what does this all mean to, to everyday life? Well, I think um, here's, I, I think we, we're starting to see it now. When you think about data in everyday life and what's sort of happening and how all this stuff works, right? The, the, and what we were just talking about before we went to the break, the, the idea was that data is one element, but being able to do something with that data is really important. And so we'll use the, uh, I'll use Shutterfly as an example because it's one that generally people can get their hands around really easily. So Shutterfly is this huge image repository, but there's an amount of compute that goes on the front of that to make all of that work. So when you go onto the Shutterfly website and you say, hey, I want to see this picture in this Christmas card or in that Christmas card. Oh, and let's get rid of the red eye and let's move out Aunt Shirley because we're going to block her out because we don't like her anyway. Or whatever you're going to do with that picture, all of that stuff that's happening there has to, the, the thing that renders that is a, is a server, is a piece of equipment. Right? It's, a, it's an, a PC or a data center server that's on top of that data that says, here, let me do something with that. And in like, and in like manner, when we, talk, when we talk about the world of big data and analytics and all the stuff that we're doing, without the compute side, the data means nothing. Right? And now we're starting to see, we're coming, we're coming full evolution in this technology uh, revolution that we've been, been through, where the internet is... Is the internet, the modern internet is really only about 15 years old, really, right? The modern internet, even though the internet's been around since the 70s, we know that. Now, all of a sudden, all the things that we talked about way before that software would help us make the world a better place, that's all starting to, t- to happen. And now we get things like Shutterfly and you get things like uh, your iPhone and you get all these things that now work and they work wherever we go. And it's giving us greater insight into our lives. It's giving greater insight into who we are as people, and it's giving us greater insight into how we live our lives. That data, in turn, is now turning it in, in its way into things that will affect, in fact, impact everyday life. We like to call it big data. Yeah, and that doesn't mean anything to most of us. Right. And, and here is where, and, and maybe I'll use a real-world example, and it's not a, this isn't a happy, joyful example, but I think it's one of those things to demonstrate what where big data comes into play and how and the difference that it can make in our lives. So my father uh, passed away three years ago in surgery. And what happened is he went in for uh, open heart surgery because they thought his arteries were clogged. He was a, you know, he was a 62-year-old guy and he was having some heart issues and blood wasn't flowing right. And they went, okay, he needs a you know, triple bypass dual valve replacement. So they go in to perform surgery and when they open up his heart, or they open up his chest, they get in there. His, the reason why he was having heart problems is because he had scar tissue 
everywhere around his heart. Oh, that boy. scar tissue was from his 30s when he had, he had gotten Hodgkin's disease twice in his 30s and he'd been through radiation and chemotherapy. And, and normally, that, that's a young age to get something like that. They normally don't have, there aren't a lot of examples where people kind of live that long. There's quite a few, but not very many. And so when they go in to do the surgery, scar tissue is like wet toilet paper, is the way the doctor described it to me. And you can't put things back together. And so they found the, the problem was there while they were there. And unfortunately, he never came out of surgery. Now, had that doctor had access to a whole series of data about men in their 60s who were suffering from heart issues, who had had uh, cancer or, or radiation and chemotherapy in their 30s. Before going into surgery, she may actually have been able to have access to information that said, hey, the problems you're experiencing may be more like this as opposed to something else. And so this idea of big data is that we start to correlate things that we would never have correlated before because we, we, we have access to it and we have the ability to analyze it at scale. Because that little piece of data about other people that were like my father, that, that's, a, that's a needle in a haystack. Right, 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 right. And, and so the, the goal of big data is to say, Let's get the data together and then let's analyze it so we can find the needles in the haystack, the things that we don't know. And between the compute power and the data working together, that's what this big data analytics term that gets thrown around a lot is really about. And that's the function, that, that's the role that data plays in our lives. It will make our cars perform better, hopefully, right? Right. <laughs> it hope, right? I want the cars to be better. It, it's going to make, it's going to give us better information about the way we are from our healthcare. You know, a, a lot of times people focus on the wearables. There's an underlying interest there on the wearable side because if we can get wearables to work and wearables to produce reliable data, then all of a sudden medical devices that help our lives can those wearables can be replaced with those sorts of things. Then they'll mean, it'll all mean something. Then they'll have context and it will mean something. Right. right now, in fact, a lot of people who get a wearable, like a, you know, an, an exercise wearable, they wear it for about four or five months, I think, is the average time. And then they take it off because they go, I'm getting the same data every day. I get it. I'm yeah. not walking <laughs> enough. I didn't exercise enough this week. Quit dinging me about it. It You're just makes me feel bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> it me feel bad. But, um, now, now, those, though, because the technology's there, those are going to be replaced with more useful things as it evolves. It's almost like this is the first iteration of this stuff. Right. And now, we're going to see things where, hey, and, and my, my, uh, my cousin has this. She's got a device to, that um, she has a heart condition that every once in a while, her heart has to be, her heart can stop, and it has to be shocked into starting. She's wearing a device that will do that, and, when it, and it, it can happen without her even knowing it. And when it happens, it automatically sends an alert to her doctors and her doctors call her. And they bring her in and then they do an assessment and they have access to the data of everything that happened on her heart just prior to that moment happening. She's going about living her daily life. And so now you start to think about that. Our, the big problem we've had in healthcare is that when we come into the doctor, all they're doing is looking at how we look now. Right, they're not taking all the information before. Because my, my most recent experience, and I'm kind of proud of myself that I did this, was I, I had to get um, the normal checkups that you get every year, the various things that uh, we all have to do. And instead of going to the different uh, doctors that I usually went to, I moved everything under the umbrella of Cedars-Sinai Hospital, which has like a whole e-health platform. Yeah. Um, and so when I sat down for the first time to 
sign in. I didn't have to do anything because they had all of my information there. And literally all I had to do was show my driver's license. And it wasn't this like fill out this piece of paper again. Mm -hmm. And they didn't need like all this stuff done. It took like two seconds. And I felt, you know, not only was it easy and low stress, but I felt like I was in good hands because they had that data from all the other doctors in there. And it, and it, and I think sometimes with this data element, we get wrapped up in the entertainment and the personal side of it. You know, yes. how's it going to make our lives better there? But there is this, there is this uh, fulfillment and health and um, uh, fulfillment of life thing that is going to start to evolve for us. That that's going to be really important for us. And behind the scenes, making all of that work is a data center somewhere. That that is just so. I mean, bring it back to the opening of our discussion, right? Right. It and supernap. <laughs> supernap. So it all starts here with me, as in all things in my house. It all comes back to me, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my question to you then is, because some of this is going to be about discoverability, right? Because how how does the doctor get that detailed piece of information about that? heart condition that was solved. I mean, it's almost like what the legal system goes through where a lawyer has to have this insane memory to call upon something that happened 20 years ago, but, you know, was a precedent. So you're talking about these data centers being able to send that line of code to the right person at the right time, right? Yeah, and I think what we're seeing is we're going to see new technology and services uh, evolve. So in, in the future... Let's go. Let's look in the future more, uh, and will you? Since we're on the healthcare topic, we'll stay yeah. with. Um, let's look at a pharmaceutical company, for example. Today, uh, when you're a, when you're taking a pharmaceutical, when you're taking medication, the doctor is kind of guessing, and then they're adjusting the medication based upon how you respond. Right. Yep. There, there's no magic formula. You don't type in Jason Mendenhall came in and blah blah blah, and now he this is his dose and this is what he should get. The, the, what's gonna, what I think what we're going to start to see happen is the pharmaceutical companies are going to start to develop services that put information about how that medicine is reacting to the general population into the hands of the doctor. So now the doctor is going to have access to the ecosystem of everyone taking this medication. And he'll be able to say, my, my patient looks like this. How are other people like this responding to this? What doses are they taking? Right. How are their how are their things responding? And so I think you're going to see you're going to start to see new services come out. I think in the healthcare area, this is where some of the most innovative technology stuff is going to occur in the next five to ten years. And so instead of um, this kind of you know almost I'm just going to call it programmatic because it's dis- it's finding the right people and sending the right information and being very targeted but in this case it's not going to eliminate jobs like it is in advertising what it's actually doing is making the stakeholder smarter and actually better uh, better able to serve the need yeah uh, uh, and and we see it like uh, if you look at the IBM Watson stuff where they'll talk about you know uh, artificial intelligence and helping and and AI I think I I'm, I'm probably with Elon Musk on this topic. AI has dangers, but also has good stuff. And in like the Watson case, they're talking about a doctor being able to do a diagnosis and then say, hey, Watson, what do you think? Watson's going to go to his database and give him three other options. And it's not the doctor's going to say, oh, Watson's right. But the hope is, is that maybe one of those three options that comes through gives the doctor a thought to go, ooh, wait a second, I didn't think about that. Right, Let's so look still, at that for a second. We, now still, sudden, we still need humans. <laughs> yeah, we still need humans. It doesn't take humans out of the picture. And, and, and so I think we're just going to see, but again, this is where a lot of the jobs that are being created in that space are in the technology sector, 
which is why, sci- you know, at what we call STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics, we want all of it. That's why that stuff has to be taught into the schools. It's why code, you know, programming should be the second language we're teaching our kids. Right, right. Because and all I, this I, stuff yeah. is going to take software to work. It will yeah. all take software. Yeah. I, I love all of that and a uh, big fan of Girls Who Code and about uh, getting more, more women, and especially you as a, a dad of four girls, um, I'm sure that you're preaching to them about the importance of getting in there. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about, um, you know, we're all adding more and more devices to our lives. And I'm just wondering, you know, I know that SuperNAP is very passionate about sustainability. So I'd love to talk to you about we're adding more things in. There's more energy being used. How, how do we make this all more sustainable if we're adding more stuff to our lives, you know? Um, and, and also, you guys are so passionately invested in, in Vegas and, and, you know, sustainability in Vegas. So I'd love to hear about that, too. It's really interesting, and it's different, right? So yes. when we come back, more with the Cloud Guru and the Tech Cat. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And ladies and gentlemen, we were just about to dig into the concept of sustainability. Um, as we're talking with Jason Mendenhall, the EVP of cloud at the SuperNAP, and who I'm calling the cloud guru, we're hanging out in the cloud, and we're, uh, we're using all of this data, and we're adding more and more devices to our life. But there's also this concern now about our carbon footprint and about sustainability. So how do those two things balance out in this world? Uh, that is a great question. One that we have been, and our CEO and founder has been thinking about and creating a vision around for the past 15 years because we, we saw where this was going. Um, 
And he had a clear vision for how to, to support this from a sustainability standpoint. And let's look at some data for a little bit. Like We'll, we'll do a little round of big data analytics on our own. Okay? Ooh, and is uh, this data going to end up in the super nap? <laughs> uh, just, no, this data is going to stay right here on, on this phone conversation. Okay. Uh, and, and, but I'll take it and put it in the super nap if you okay. want. Okay. Uh, so... With the Internet of Things, the Internet of Everything, they talk about we we talk about all these devices being connected to the uh, to the Internet, and it's going to make our lives better. And in certain cases, it will. In other cases, it might make our lives more frustrating, but uh, but it will improve our lives in one way or another. Uh, and the idea is that you know, like your thermostat being connected to the Internet at your home, that's 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 a real that's something personal that we can all tie to the Internet of of things. In the world of the industrial internet, they're talking about like jet engines. They're connected. You know, a jet engine from GE is gathering a terabyte of data a day about how it's performing and they're taking that data and they're doing analysis around that. So when we talk about the internet of things, it's that scope. Everything from the thermostat to the jet engine. And what they what they predict is that they're saying that by the year 2020 we'll have 50 billion devices connected oh to the internet. Now, think about how many connected devices you have in your home. Yeah, crazy amounts. Right? I have, they say the average user, average consumer has about five connected devices. In my house, I have 43 connected devices to the Internet. Oh, my gosh. And, and I think if you really add it up, people go, well, I only have two. And I'm like, well, what about your TV? It's connected. If you have a smart TV, that's connected. If you have, like, a cable system, that's actually connected to the Internet as well. If you have... Um, iPads or you know uh, tablets or phones or any of that stuff; those are connected to the internet. Your Nook is connected to the internet. If you have a gaming console, that gets connected to the internet. Right? All these things are out there, and so they're saying there's going to be 50 billion of those devices, and then we're including mobile phones in that in that number. Now, do the math for a minute, and and here's one of the things that happens: for every device that's out on the edge that you hold in your hand or is attached to your body. For every 125 of those devices, it requires a machine in the data center to support it. And that's a general number. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but it's a good average number. So every 125 devices connected to the Internet, you have to have a server in a data center somewhere to make that thing work and to, and to at least be the gateway for the collection of data. It doesn't include the data being collected. It just is the gateway. So we're only talking about that for a moment. So if you do the math and you say 50 billion devices, and for every device, I gotta have, every 125 devices, I have to have a server, that's 400 million servers that are going to be added to support all of this stuff. Every server consumes about 300 watts of power. Now, you don't have to know what a watt is, but you know, if you go look at the back of your TV, it'll tell you how many watts your TV consumes or anything like that. So every server is going to consume 300 watts of power. Multiply that by 400 million, it means we're going to put 120,000 megawatts of power onto the earth in order to support these 50 billion connected devices. If we, as a society, are not careful in the way that we build the environments that are going to support that, we are going to be harming the environment. And so sustainability and, and focusing on renewable energy is key. And our CEO and founder put forth our G100 initiative and it is to be, a, we will be 100% powered by renewable energy, which has just been approved by the Public Utilities Commission in Nevada. And so starting in 2016, our environments, which are big and consume a lot of power, will be 100% green. 
How, how can that be possible? I mean, you just told us all about how um, you have these huge football fields of servers and all of us are using more and more devices. I mean, I know my husband and I are personally responsible for, <laughs> you know, being technologists. We, we like buy every new thing. But how are you guys doing that? Because that's insane. No, it's it's been in partnership with uh, the the utility here and the and the public utilities commission. And the utility in, in Nevada is their NV Energy, and with in partnership with them, we are building a hundred megawatt solar project just north here. It's called Switch Station. Actually, it'll come online by December thirty first, twenty sixteen, and we're the first company in Southern Nevada to go one hundred percent green with this initiative. It'll be the largest renewable energy project built by a data center company in the world. And we want more companies to do this because it's going to allow us, you know, it's kind of this, I talked earlier about this collaboration model we have. Yeah, yeah. And basically, we're using that same brain trust and that same collaboration to solve these problems. And so we got everybody together and we, we took the great minds and, and our CEO and founder, we went and worked with utility, we figured out a way to make this happen. And so we're going to be going 100% green. And, and it's going to be a very, 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 very powerful story. Um, now, it's important to note, we, we haven't been, you know, Greenpeace hasn't come in and rated, rated us but yes. and, and said, hey, we, we've rated your data center. Uh, but just like Apple, who just got rated, the 100% rating from Greenpeace, we're lever- we have, they're here in Nevada as well. We've been re- leveraging the relationship and the knowledge that they went through with that process to repeat that in a shared model because they're a single company. Right, now right. we're doing it for all the companies that operate within our environment. Oh, so you're helping all of your clients, you know, and partners get to this place too. So is it is it like The Martian, the movie, not not a person, but The Martian, where he literally was unpacking solar panels as if they were just, you know, easy easy to move around chargers and just laying them out for the day? And is it going to be like that, where all of us will be just throwing these in the back of our car and I'll be taking them with me wherever I go and then charging them up overnight like that? I, I hope we get to that point. Now, for us, it's not that because we've got to build, you know, a 100-megawatt solar array is no small thing, right? That's a big thing. To so you're throwing things. them on top of the SuperNAP itself, all those beautiful big buildings you have? Nope, because those rooftops even wouldn't be big enough. No, just, just north of, just outside of Las Vegas, there's a large acreage that's being used to build the large-scale solar grid that's going to support all of this. So. God, that is insane. So you, you brought up a couple of interesting things about Las Vegas. So you are really in partnership with La- Las Vegas here. I mean, you're working with the utility company. Obviously, you must be doing a lot of things with, with the government because you're sort of... Uh, you know, doing things that have never been done before and a lot of local companies. So how does that work? I mean, is there just this real, you know, partnership going on? And do you think that's what it's going to take in all the states in this country to be partnering with businesses like that? I think businesses need to be more partnered with government and and working in our CEO and founder is really, you know, Rob Roy, he has he has really made that a mission for us. And we're dedicated to reaching out to the community and working with them because it is things like this that require, you know, we just can't go do this on our own. We require the community's help and the community's assistance. And most importantly, the community's been great to us. You know, we're, Rob is one of Nevada's most successful entrepreneurs in the history of the state, right? This is a Nevada-based company that was built up 
by Nevada people. So he's like their favored son in a way because he's bringing income in and he's bringing development in and and now he's Companies. actually right right. And now we're and and now we we've reached out to the community and one of the things we've created is the innovation center which is a 90,000 square foot facility here that's for the community to use for anything that has to do with economic diversification, benefiting education or uh, sustainability. So if you're involved in those sorts of things or nonprofit or any type and you want need a place for your people to come together and collaborate, then this facility is available for them to use. And most importantly, we've also brought our customers and government and higher education and all of them in the same place. Again, just like we experience in the data center, when you co-locate the technology infrastructure, great things happen. Now we're saying let's co-locate the minds. Let's get that mind share and get people sharing and, and working together collaboratively to help solve these problems. And, and with that, we're having an impact on education and sustainability and the, way, and the, and the role that government's playing in, in the partnership with business to make this stuff happen and really benefit the community. God, I love also the mind sharing that you're talking about because that you know, plays nicely into my Star Trek metaphor. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> with uh, with all that Vulcan mind mind exchanging, but this sounds to me very much like um, a bit of a makerspace, and also what's happening in the Los Angeles uh, startup community with Silicon Beach, where now you're seeing service models being built built on top of the startup community that help you know sort of create the learning, the education, and all the other businesses that fall out of of having you know new development. Yeah. And and it and it and I think where we're a little bit different is isn't just about the startups, right? It's it's uh, it's really about the community, and if that community involves new companies, then great. You know, we uh, we donated over three hundred thousand dollars in meeting space to the Clark County School District last last year because they didn't have a place. They really didn't have a great place to meet to do leadership training and to do teacher improvement, and they they were meeting in like in schools where they were taking up classrooms or they were meeting in places that were difficult to be in. And they, they were meeting environments where nobody else was. Now, they might be having a meeting and right next in the room next to them is the Ruby on Rails group. And if someone's interested in code, right after their meeting, they're going over to the Ruby on Rails group and learning how to code. I mean, wow. those are the types of things that we see happening in our environment that we're really, really excited about. And again, it all comes back to that vision of our CEO and founder where when we can gather together, collaborate, great things can happen. That's really incredible. I mean, you've kind of blown my mind a bit, especially on the sustainability issue, um, because it's something that we're all worried about, but yet none of us have tactical things that we can do as humans other than, you know, like I'm ripping up my grass and putting in fake grass or any of those kind of things. So I, I can see the role that you're playing in the community, especially with small businesses, kind of guiding them how to move through this because they need templates. Yeah. They need, they need ways to attack this. So my next question for you, and we, we might have to save this for the break, but how do you keep up with all this, Jason? Because this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you someone that, do you attend a lot of conferences? You know, are you reading a lot? Um, you know, how does someone, you know, w- with all this new ground that's being broken, how do you keep up? I stopped reading the internet because it was full of mostly personal opinions and the news was I could never get the facts right yeah and to be and you know in, in a in a technology world I have gone back to the old school world of reading books and getting a lot of my stuff from books because books one of the things I like about books now 
is they're being published more quickly. They can be published more quickly, so they're not as old content anymore. But if someone went to the energy to write a book and a publisher put their name on it, they're sticking it out there, you at least know that you're getting some semblance of truth from that or at least some vetting before the thing went out. The problem with the Internet and all these blogs and all these news things is just you know, some yokel just decides he wants to write something and suddenly they're an expert. Suddenly they're a cloud guru, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, because uh, if you can link to something, you can get a press pass. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, it's crazy. By so, the way, that's a good thing for some of us who yeah, like that. <laughs> for some, that's a good thing, right? But for people who are trying to get information, so I do tend to, I tend to go to conferences and I tend to look for, for targeted source material and things that I think went through more of a vetting process before they... Before they hit the uh, hit the road, and then the other thing is is just just conversations. I think you know in today's social media world, I tell my kids this all the time, and I'm not a I'm I'm a medium social media user. I'm not a heavy social media user, but I think because for me, the most valuable thing that still occurs is when several humans sit around the table and they talk about issues and and brainstorm and create and and look to solve problems. I think that's when great things come together. The rest of it is just dissemination of information we already know. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And we're going to take a break now, but when we come back, we're going to talk more with Jason Mendenhall, the book reader and the conversationist, conversationalist. <laughs> and find out um, you know, where are you where are you doing this talking? What's next for for you in the cloud and in Supernap? So more with Jason and the Tech Cat when we come back. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. I mean, we've just been digging into sustainability and uh, carbon footprint issues and how do you manage 
all of that when you're actually creating more data and using more devices. And it sounds like the SuperNAP and Jason, our guest today, is is actually being very smart about it and creating some great initiatives. So my question for you, Jason, with you guys, just like, you know, we were saying during the break, like not only are you making a great living as a company, but you're also contributing to the world. But what what's next for the SuperNAP? I mean, you're you're uh, expanding, you're opening new data centers. Where where do you guys go from here? I think a lot of it is continuing to innovate in the way that we've innovated. I think we're still, even though we're expanding and our customers are expanding and we'll grow into other markets and we've got, you know, I would say just co-follow us and stay tuned for great announcements to come out in the near future. we got great stuff coming in that area. Co-follow us? Is that a spinoff of co-location? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I think one of the things that we're seeing, and, and this is an interesting trend that I've been watching for some time, is you know, not too long ago, and you don't have to go back very far, we actually experienced technology at work, and then we took it home. So you would go, like, you'd be at work, and, you know, and if you go way back, you go, the people at work went, hey, your typewriter's been replaced by a computer. And someone went, oh, spreadsheet, you know, Volkswriter, blah, 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 type, type, type. Wow, this is better than a typewriter. I need one of these at home. And so then we, we took tech that we got at work, and we brought it into the home. Well, that dynamic has shifted. With mobility, now we use stuff personally and we change the way we, we, we operate before business does. And so what's happening is that the, the capability of technology has kind of surpassed the enterprise a little bit. So the enterprise is playing a little bit of catch-up. So our, I think what's next for us is that now that all this stuff is happening, we're helping the companies to figure out ways to take advantage of all the new things that have occurred in the past five years that will make them better, more efficient, more cost-effective, more sustainable. So a lot of the work we're doing it with our customers is in that area. And then as a company, we're going to continue to grow and make sure that as we do that, we're, we're doing it in a way that makes sense for them to consume it and to integrate all the technologies, the people, the processes, and everything that they're going to, that they're going to occur, that are going to occur. So we still see lots of opportunity in front of us and we see how the cloud is impacting them and the way the cloud will work together with the enterprise uh, for businesses is, is very meaningful because it's getting more complicated you know in its in its simplicity meaning hey uh, as an example like salesforce.com to implement a a uh, CRM solution you know 10 years ago was Maybe well, twelve years. It was a big yeah, deal. Right. Now you're like sign up and boom, you're tracking leads and you right, got. Right, you're talking about right a customer yeah. relationship management and the ability to to manage your influencers in yeah. a really easy way. And it used to be that was complicated. Now it's really easy, but but under the scenes to make all that work, that's not that easy. Right. And particularly when you get to be a big company, and so we're seeing ways that cloud services and a company's way that they operate have to be married together. And a lot of the tools we're working on and help evolving over the next little while are going to be to help enable that more easily and make it more cost effective. You know, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that perspective because uh, you know, especially when consulting with brands, you're always kind of guiding them to be more aware of their community and to have them let go of sort of that you know old fashioned perspective of we push messaging out. So now everyone's you know, um, you know, 360 days of the year, 24 hours a day, engaging with their community. And so it sounds like you guys understand that, you know, the world is now being driven by the consumer. And so you're letting that impact enterprise solutions. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. But, you know, it's hard for a corporation to, d- to do that. You know, it it's is. scary. 
you know, and it, and it's kind of what's been driven a lot of the innovation lately in the enterprise because you you would use stuff like at home and you would go back to work and you're like, I can do this better at home than I can do this here. How come you guys aren't fixing this? And so the enterprises are shifting and even the software development groups are shifting within these big companies to become more agile, to be able to develop more quickly. You know, we can't have the long software development projects anymore where you went to your company and you said, I need this thing and they came back a year later and then they showed it to you and you went... It, things have changed in a year. I don't need that. I need this, and it needs to look like this, and it, it just doesn't work that way anymore. Web 2.0, for lack of a buzzword, meaning the new ways that software is, is, is developed, um, are making it possible for these companies to innovate more quickly, and when they do that, they got to make sure they have the underlying infrastructure in a very quick and nimble fashion as well, and that's, what we, that's where we come in. We're really helping them with the, nim- with the agileness of their business to make sure that they're not stuck in three-year cycles of having to build the facility and create all this stuff and buy the servers to make it all work so that they can do their thing. Now, they can come in a matter of days, they can have everything they need, and then boom, off they're going, off they're running. Gosh, and for you, um, you know, are you are you guys, you know, ever meeting with, with, this is something that big businesses are starting to do, like millennials and now the plurals, the next generation coming, are you sitting down and talking to them about how they do things? Well, most of us on the team are millennials anyway. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm one of it. No. Um, we're right. We, 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 we are, and we're seeing the ways that they, that shifts. And we're actually, where we look at it is because we're like the, um, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, we're, we're the very core of where everything starts. And so we kind of have to really look out and go, okay, when, they, when that changes, how is that going to impact the dirt? I mean, to, 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 to be really frank, without getting too technical, right, it really is at that level. The thing that we provide is the ground for all of that stuff to work. And so we do. We have to prognosticate out into the future and then translate that back into how it's going to impact the actual ground that supports all that stuff. So it's fun. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it must be because, again, you're sitting on the edge of all this new stuff and craziness, but also around you and everywhere else, the world is being disrupted too. And so not only are you disrupting, but everything else is being disrupted. So you kind of have to, the two have to meet in the middle. Now, where are you um, going to be speaking next? Do you have anything groovy going on that our audience can check out or anything about the super app we should be paying attention to? Where, where do we find out more about the cloud? So if you go to our website, www.supernap.com, and if you go and look at, uh, you can follow our press and media, right? You can follow us on Twitter at, at Supernap. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm more of a LinkedIn kind of guy. My Twitter, I, I'm on Twitter so I can monitor my teenage daughters. That's pretty much it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I keep that for work as well, a few things there. Um, right now, I don't think I have any upcoming speaking opportunities. There's a couple conferences I'm going to that uh, we're, I'm quite excited about just because they represent a lot of the future. One of them is around Intel's investment community. That's kind of a, that's one I'm very excited about because lo- it, it's a good idea to see kind of where things are going. Is, is that their, uh, their, their summit? Thing mm-hmm. you Intel like? Summit, yeah. yeah. Intel summit. I've been yeah. going to that now for oh, the better part of five years. And that's always a great, great conference to, and great people that I that I love connecting with there. That's that's the best part about it. And then um, some other things coming up around huh, the boring, the boring business of how technology and business come, technology, uh, tech, technology and managing the business come together, right? And that one's about as boring as it comes. But for those of us in the industry, it's really, really exciting. What, what's that one called? It's called the TBM. 
Council. Yeah. TV on Council, right? Yeah. But that's Technology the, business management. That's yeah. the 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 core of sort of of what this this is all about the the, the the inyards. And of course, you're you're um, going to the Consumer Electronics Show because it's in your hometown. Yeah, I usually do. Yep, usually show up there as well. And and then are you are you ever going to things outside of your vertical? You know, in um, events that are just about innovation in our world. No, I because we we get a lot of that comes here to Vegas, and so and then when it comes to Vegas, here's the crazy part: Vegas is a great place to do business because there are 45 million people that come here a year, and there isn't an industry that doesn't have a conference here, and they all come here, and then when they come here. If they involve anything in tech or innovation, they usually end up coming to our facility. So we go to the events without actually going to the event. That event end up, ends up coming here. Oh, everything comes there. Oh, it does. It does. I don't care what industry you're in. Technology has stopped being a vertical. It is the underlying fabric of everything. Oh, my God. That is such a great note to end the Tech Cat show with. There we go. We're <laughs> and that right technology there. is everywhere and part of everything and not its own thing and can be used creatively, spiritually, and in all sorts of different ways. And it's just been a pleasure and so insightful to talk to Jason Mendenhall, who we're calling the Cloud Guru, who's the EVP of cloud at the SuperNAP, which is just one of the coolest places in the world. Um, so again, if you want to check out what Jason's doing, find him on LinkedIn and go to SuperNAP.com, check out what they're doing. And I'm um, just excited to, to see how you guys are, are leading the future. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Everybody, we'll be back in a week with the Tech Cat Show, Tech Trends Impacting Your Business. Tune in, spread the word, and we will be talking about more exciting things happening in our world with technology as the underbelly. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 